hour number three. Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. And we are glad to have you. Glad to have you. It's that time. It's that time. Always good uh, to bring back our buddy uh, Paul Charchian from Guillotine Leagues. You can find his stuff there. Read his stuff. Really good. Uh, Charge, how you been, pal? I'm doing well. Uh, I am doing very well. Thank you for having me back. Your team still alive. It's not how about pretty. That? You're the lowest scoring team in our league, but your team is still alive and kicking. You'll have to. You might need to. You might need to shake things up a little bit. Yeah. I think to uh, to survive here, it might be time to to do some spending. Yeah, I uh, I was looking at that, and I've got uh, obviously some things to change. Uh, I got a question for you right out of the shoot because uh, today, and not necessarily for myself, but uh, the question, and this was like dire, and it's exclamation points, and said, "Who are must plays tonight for Kansas City?" As mm-hmm. Chris has numerous players off of the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs aren't playing tonight, so I'm not sure what he says. He, does he mean the Commanders and the Bears? I, I, <laughs> I think he means the Chiefs. I, I don't get it. I don't this, know if he needs to. This last my, maybe he it, needs to know by tonight because his you, you after tonight you got to lock in your rosters or something. I don't know. Maybe. All right, but let's talk about tonight's game because it's a, it's the kind of game that only fantasy players and bets <laughs> could care about. Is it? Is it? It's a stinker, but. Let's, let's start here. Justin Fields coming off his the best game of his career. He uh, he rallied the Bears with 19 unanswered points to give Chicago the lead with three minutes left in a road game. He threw just six incompletions, no picks, looked poised. Um, and here comes a Washington pass defense that has been bad. Even though they face mostly third-tier passers, the commanders have allowed the third most touchdown passes, 11 of them. This is a good opportunity for Justin Fields. I think he sits in a in a nice spot here to get one, maybe two passing touchdowns, and then you know he always runs you for a fair amount of yardage as well, and that mm-hmm. that cobbles together a pretty good fantasy game. And then other side, can we talk about Carson Wentz for a minute, Bill? Go. Let's do it. All right. First, number one, you know, unceremoniously booted from the Colts last year. And look how much worse they are without him. And when he left the team, the Colts were like, good riddance. And there were a bunch of bunch of comments from the front office that I didn't thought, I thought was very unprofessional about Wentz. And now he goes to Washington, where despite being the most pressured quarterback in the league, 84 quarterback pressures already on Carson Wentz, he's fifth in passing yards and fifth in passing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I mean – the dude, it is it, the things that are going wrong around Carson Wentz are not his fault. Terrible offensive line. He is the dude's a, the dude's got some baller to him. Chicago secondary gets Jalen Johnson back. He's their good cornerback, but they still have Kendall Vildor and Kyler Gordon on the field as cornerbacks, and those guys are not good. So an opportunity for Carson Wentz here, and I think I think there's going to be surprising points. Everybody's like these are two teams that stink. You know, there's there's no, no offense to be out here. I think. I think there's going to be some points scored in this game. Uh, I think it's going to be ugly points scored in this game. Uh, we could yeah. see a pick six. We could see some defensive play. We, mm-hmm. This is the, I, I, yeah. I completely agree with you. I'm, I'm, uh, this is one of those games where I kind of shy away from because the ugliness. But it's like a car wreck. You're right. You got some fantasy people in it. You can't turn away from it. You got to watch the car wreck, you know? 
Yes. You know, I just, I, I, Listen, I, I think there's, you know, I think there's angles here. Uh, we didn't talk about, oh, we don't, we, you know, by the way, we should mention this. One of the great stories in the NFL is going to play itself out tonight. Brian Robinson, the rookie running back from the Commanders, who last week got his first game after his multiple shootings, and he gets 75% of the carries. I mean, right. how anxious was Ron Rivera to get Antonio Gibson off the field so that they could get Brian Robinson on the field. I mean, metaphorically, Ron uh-huh. Rivera is Devontae Adams, and Antonio Gibson's career is the photographer. <laughs> and the fact that the guy this got shot, be- and he, he got shot, and they they can't wait to get a guy that's been shot back on the field. That, that, that pretty that's much right. there's your indictment. Exactly. Yeah. How bad are you, right? right. Exactly. Yeah, and there's a bad Chicago run defense. They've been carved up. Robinson is going to score his first NFL touchdown in a prime time moment. And it's going to be a great feel good story for tonight. And by the way, and I think these things can matter. Sometimes there's this big new uh, ESPN article that came out this morning, just savaging Daniel Snyder. This, they want some feel good moments. Washington does Mm -hmm. organizationally getting Brian Robinson, a touchdown would be one of them. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Uh, Corey says Geno Smith or Jalen Hurts. Well, I mean, Geno Smith's an amazing story. He salted away the comeback player of the year, but you're never not starting Geno Smith. So, or not, sorry, or Jalen Hurts. Uh, Hurts, and it's, it's a, tr- a somewhat tricky matchup with, with, uh, uh, with Dallas, who rushes the quarterback to a, a great degree. But still, I mean, Jalen Hurts is so special. He's the second highest scoring fantasy quarterback in the league. We're not benching him. Right. Uh, you got Craig who says running back uh, James Connor from Arizona or Walker from Seattle in a PPR league. Well, Connor A is hurt and B has basically sucked. So, you know, I don't want you to have to start him. And I don't even know if he's going to play with his rib injury. Had, did not practice yesterday. We haven't. Um, and, and because our West Coast team, they are West, you know, Western and Pacific time zone team. We haven't we haven't heard of his practice today. And Kenneth Walker is going to be great. So let's talk about Kenneth Walker. He's your new lead running back in Seattle. Rashad Penny's done. Travis Homer's hurt. Walker's going to get all the work here. They face the Cardinals this year. They see the league's fewest rushes, just 17 per game, because their pass defense is so bad, Bill, that nobody runs. But mm-hmm. this has been a very even-keeled offense for Seattle. And I, I think because Walker's got such crazy big play potential, we saw a long run last week after Rashad Penny got knocked out. I just think you want to keep him in your lineup. I got, I got, I think Kenneth Walker is going to finish the season from here on out as a top ten fantasy running back, and I've got him ranked number six this week. Uh, then we got another one here for you. It says, "I want to trade Rodgers for a receiver. Who do you think I'd be able to get in return for Aaron Rodgers?" Well, see, the problem with trying to trade a quarterback for any other position is your league's probably got twelve people in it, and there's about eighteen good quarterbacks, so nobody really needs a quarterback. And even though I think everything's getting way better for Aaron Rodgers and, you know, I've my fourth ranked quarterback for this week and, and, you know, really getting back to sort of traditional output fantasy output for Aaron Rodgers, just people just don't need quarterbacks. So you're, you're going to be looking for a receiver. You're going to be looking at like a, a third and fourth tier kind of, kind of wide receiver, maybe a, Maybe like a Deontay Johnson, who's kind of on a, in a bad spot right now. Juju Smith-Schuster, who hasn't found the end zone yet. 
George Pickens on a bad offense. I mean, I think that's the that's just the reality of the court trying to trade the quarterback position. Uh, Anthony says Jared Goff on a bye this week. Would you start Russell Wilson or Carson Wentz? I got them ranked right next to each other, and I've got Wentz one spot higher. We broke him down a few minutes ago. Russell Wilson, if you, I don't know what to make of this shoulder, this alleged, we'll call it alleged shoulder issue that. You know that he went in for uh, for to get some get an injection on. I, you know, maybe that's real, or maybe it's just him posturing to try to make up some make himself look better after all the bad plays so far. Right, I'd, I'd try Carson Wentz first. Uh, this one's uh, Judy or Olave in my flex position. Olave it may not play in this game, and if he does go, I don't trust him to play. Uh, it's he's dealing with a pretty significant injury, so. You know, let's just take Jerry Judy. The thing about that we like about Jerry Judy is he, he's he, they target him a ton. We just need him to put it all together into one better game here, and hopefully Russell Wilson plays a little better. A nice opportunity against the Chargers. The whole defense, the run defense, terrible. The pass defense also bad so far. Uh, off of the Bud Light live stream, would you guys start Ramondre Stevenson or Alvin Kamara at the flex? It's an eight-team non-PPR. Yeah, so Kamara's been very disappointing, and um, yep. I don't like his matchup against a really good Cincinnati run defense. And here comes Ramondre Stevenson. After Damian Harris got knocked out of last week's game, he finishes 25 carries. And we know that Belichick will do this because we've seen it before. When Harris goes out, it's all Stevenson. He got 90% of the snaps last week. It's going to be a ton of him. He's averaging five and a half yards per carry, which is great. And... This is a a medium matchup against 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 Cleveland, but just through sheer volume, still really like him. Way up at my number four ranked running back this week, Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, this one's from Mark, who says uh, I got a hell of a matchup. He says Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes this week. Wow, um, I've got Brady higher. I've got Brady three spots higher than Patrick Mahomes because Mahomes has got Buffalo. You know, right. and that Buffalo secondary is no joke. They've only given up three passing touchdowns, and they have eight interceptions. I mean, think about that at this stage of the season. That's crazy. So you get Brady with his receivers now back, well, mostly healthy. Godwin may have had a setback. Well, assuming Godwin goes, I'm going to have Brady ranked higher. Uh, then this one's Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow. Jackson playing the secondary of the Giants. Burrow playing the secondary of the Saints. Yeah, I just, it's hard to bench Lamar Jackson with the rushing upside that he gives you. And uh, the Giants' pass defense, though, I mean, has been shockingly competent. They're allowing uh, just 18 completions per game and just five and a half yards per drop back, which is great. And, you know, you hope that Rashad Bateman comes back because if, if Bateman comes back, I like, I like Jackson better. But if Bateman can't go with his foot injury at that point, I might drop Jackson down enough for you to consider Burrow here. But Burrow's got a tough matchup of his own at New Orleans. And Burrow's ranked ninth, and uh, Jackson's ranked as quarterback number two this week. I, I thought for sure last week that Burrow would have a big week, and that offensive line I sucks. Oh, my God. I, I, I thought that he would chew up that Baltimore secondary, and he just doesn't get time to throw. The, the, that, the adjustments they made to the offensive line is terrible. If they spend all that money uh, to make that offensive line better, and they're they're legitimately good players, but you know, so much of the offensive line stuff is about timing and you know having knowing how to play as a group, and they just don't at this point. And maybe it presumably gets better, but we've been now we've been saying this for like a month, and you know, because you got Burrow on your fantasy team, 
It's mm-hmm. just not right. coming together. And we don't know if T. Higgins is playing either, by the way. That's another right. one we got to watch that would obviously impact Joe Burrow a lot. Uh, this one says, uh, for my flex, I got C.D. Lamb and D.K. Metcalf. Oof. Oh, that, that is a good one. But D.K. Metcalf's been, you know, with Geno Smith playing out of his mind right now, I, it, it's very hard to bench D.K. Metcalf. Um, and he goes up against arguably the worst secondary in the NFL, Arizona. I alluded to this earlier, Bill. Arizona's getting, yeah, everybody's throwing on him like crazy. Their pro football focus is lowest rated coverage defense. They've allowed the seventh most receptions. So we'll, uh, and by the way, Metcalf just hoarding red zone targets. He's got half right. of the team's red zone targets himself. So, yeah, DK Metcalf. Uh, Willie says, uh, Mostert, London, or McKenzie for my flex in a PPR? If Mostert's able to go, he didn't practice yesterday, but I like his opportunity against the Vikings. He's an explosive runner. Even though, even though he's only got 57 rushing attempts on the season, He's got the sixth most 20-yard rushes, and that's the explosiveness that Mostert's always had when in these rare moments when he's healthy. The Vikings are a middle-of-the-pack run defense, but they have um, they are giving up the ninth most receptions and the third most rushing touchdowns. So you can see a touchdown happening. You can see a few catches chipping in, and maybe Mostert breaks the long one because that's what he does. So we'll start Mostert assuming he plays. Hey, real quick, statistically, and this was a question from Bob, and I know you got to run, but he said, statistically, tell us why, basically in parentheses, give us hope, why the Packers' offense is going to be better through the air. I can't give them a statistic than because it has, of that. I, than it has been? Than I mean, it has I, been, you know, right? I, I think it, yeah, I mean, I, it, I think it only gets better as these young receivers get more integrated into the offense. offense. Romeo Dubs looks like he's going to be a contributor for a long time. Your tight end's finally getting healthy. There's... You know, I, I think it's I think it's pretty clear that this pass offense is going to get better. I'm fascinated by what's going on with AJ Dillon. Is he getting a little phased out of this offense? Is there a little lack of confidence in him because the productivity hasn't been as good, and we're seeing the snap count start to recede on him a little bit, right? And the usage start to recede on him. You know, he only was on the field for 20 snaps last week. That's the lowest of the season. Do you think? And and Jones, I think Jones looks great. I think Jones looks really, really good. Do you think, do you believe A.J. Dillon has lost a little confidence with the coaching staff? I don't know about confidence, but last it's a great question because we talked about play calling last week. You're grinding it out. You're running the ball well, and all of a sudden, bang, 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 three straight pass plays, three and out, and a big turning point in the game. You get down near the goal line, you third and two and fourth and two, and you're not using Dillon, then why do you have him on the team? Right, and instead yeah. you throw the ball into He's the end zone and it falls short, and, and yeah, all of a sudden you, mm-hmm. you you lose the game. I I, I think there's I think you're going to see the use of the run game a lot more this weekend at Lambeau against this Jets team, specifically a Jets team that comes in with so many quarterback pressures, hits, and sacks. I think you're going to see the run game be more prevalent. Just my opinion. No, I think you will too. And the Jets cornerbacks, this uh, uh, Sauce Gardner is great. Yes. He already looks fantastic. So, yeah, there's, yep. uh, you know, this is going to be, this is a trickier matchup. This is a trickier matchup than anybody would have guessed when the, you know, when we were, when the schedule was announced and we were looking ahead. This one's, yep. uh, this one's a little dicey. George, always good, buddy. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next yeah. week, pal. Thank you, and my I friend. I promise to work on my roster. <laughs> I promise to work on my roster, too. <laughs> good stuff. Paul Charchi and joining us for a couple of minutes. I know I, I kept him a little late. I apologize. I think he had to get on the air in Chicago. So, uh, hopefully they're not too mad at me, but. 
They've screwed me over before, so we'll screw them over this one time. Good stuff. Uh, great stuff, too. And thanks to everybody for chiming in. Hopefully we got a chance to answer the, most of, if not all, of your questions. I was trying to scroll through as fast as I can as they were coming in, and I was trying to get the double-ups and all the different information on certain players. So sometimes you just kind of pick your poison. But uh, nevertheless, good, good stuff. Uh, Mike Clements going to join us coming up next. Stay tuned. Mike's got some stuff for us. We'll be back right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at Great Lakes Dragaway 2023, right around the corner. If you want to start uh, thinking about gifts for the uh, the racer, the car guy, the motorcycle guy in your life, or girl for that matter, I mean, uh, go to GreatLakesDragaway.com. That's GreatLakesDragaway.com. Joining us on the hotline, our buddy uh, Mike Clemens standing by. Michael, what's going on, man? Well, uh, how good can Aaron Rodgers throw the football is the question today because he's got this jacked-up thumb. I watched the replay of the game again last night, and, you know, he's trying to attempt that Hail Mary, and, you know, it's a a form strip sack from number 53, Coughlin, one of their linebackers, where, you know, just like they do the drill with the the dummy, right? You know, the ball's up Mm -hmm. in the air. He comes from behind, and he, you know, jacks uh, Rodgers' arm so that he – loses the ball, but in the process also he jacked up his thumb. So uh, Aaron kind of kept his hands in his pockets when we talked to him for 20 minutes yesterday. But uh, they had a walkthrough today, uh, and then this afternoon they're going to hit the practice field here in about 15 minutes. So, you know, we'll see what he's got for a grip on the football. Um, Mike, I was listening to the comments of the uh, of the coaches and nobody wanted any part uh, of talking about adjustments and in-game adjustments and playing more aggressive and dialing up blitzes or anything, did they? No, and I think everybody that has analyzed the Green Bay Packers and the roster in the spring and what they had last year and how Rasul Douglas came onto the scene and started getting picks, and here we are now, week six, you have one interception, one, the one from Jair Mm -hmm. in front of the Packers bench against the Bears, And then Bill Huber from Sports Illustrated has got a great piece out that came out this morning. He says, Green Bay has seven defensed passes. Seven. That's seven fewer than any other team in the league. You know, Jacksonville's got 33. Most teams have about 30 or so. You start talking about, you know, Jair, oh, he's one of the best corners in the league. Well, he doesn't seem to be in position to be so because Trayvon Diggs is – from the Cowboys has got great stuff. And even this kid you're going to face this weekend, Sauce Gardner, has got six pass breakups, and then he got his pick against the Dolphins. And Jerry Gray took a lot of, you know, tough questions. And at the end of it, it was like, and how come, you know, you're not making adjustments like you've seen some of these other teams, like Brian Dable do with the Giants coming out in the second half, like certainly you saw from Belichick. And he said, you'll have to, you'll have to talk to Coach Barry about that which we will later on tonight. But that was, to say the least, kind of an awkward moment. So uh, we all know we're worried about Aaron Rodgers' thumb, although Aaron Rodgers didn't see – he wanted to, like, slough it off and say, hey, it's really not a story yesterday, right? Yeah, well, you know, I think he was just trying to say, I'm I'm playing, you know, it's getting better every day. But obviously, um, you know, he had a look at right after – he came off the field because – you know, after 
you know, I'm sure that you feel a little shook when you take a hit like that from head to toe. And he talked about he's sort of doing a checklist when he's laying on the ground, like, okay, do I still have my head? Do I still have my shoulders? Okay, <laughs> but you know, it was it was the thumb that was bad, and uh, who knows? You know, maybe um, it would have been tough if he had to go back in there in some sort of a overtime situation. But again, well, you know, we'll see how that plays out this afternoon. Now, today, you know, the, the other thing that's really cool about this matchup, Bill, and what's really cool is that the Bill Michael show goes to the Super Bowl, and we get mm-hmm. to talk to these guys because you never know. The best access, as you know, with some of these coaches and players can be the week of the Super Bowl. They, they let us in for an hour at a time to just sit and have some coffee and a croissant and talk to these guys. And so when, when you took the show to Miami and it was the Chiefs and the 49ers, there I am talking to Robert Sala, you know, the defensive coordinator right. of the 49ers. Now here he is going to be head coach of the Jets. By the way, you know, him and Matt LaFleur started back together 20 years ago as coaching assistants. Sala was Matt's best man at his wedding, and now he's going to be your opposing head coach. And you get a feel for these guys. Or, you know, you turn around, and we were at that media night, and uh, and there's Mike LaFleur his younger brother, who's now going to be your offensive coordinator for the Jets this week and trying to get Zach Wilson up to the next level. So I I try to think this question through without it being dodged. You look at this roster. I mean, Amari Rogers, this kid is underperforming. And obviously they still think he's got some sort of potential. But how many more shots has this guy got to get to some sustainable level at least your return man, if not, you know, the next guy to back up Randall Cobb. And he just seems to be falling behind. So, you know, Matt LaFleur is this guy who I see him run into the locker room after practice, go right up to Dobbs. You know, he, right after that, that pass that Dobbs dropped, he was in the locker room and going like, here's how you catch that ball to bring it in so you don't mm-hmm. lose possession of it in the end zone. Um, at the other time, at the other sake, as a head coach, you know, you've, you've got you, – this is what you pay position coaches for, is to get these guys more consistent. And, you know, you like a teacher-principal thing, you don't want to go to the principal's office until it's the ultimate. So I asked LaFleur about that, and I also asked him – I teased him about – as I said, you know, the time I got to sit down with your brother, Mike, um, I, I asked, you know, what's the difference between you two as brothers? And he said, Matt is more serious than me. And here's what LaFleur said. Who, my brother? brother yeah. Oh, yeah, I'd say so. I, 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 much more mature and better looking, right? If you've got a, a player you still believe has got a lot of potential, but you're just not seeing the consistency on game day, I know that you're, you don't hesitate to fix things at practice when it comes to technique, but what's the balance between having your position coach get that fixed and then when it's time for the head coach to step in? Yeah, I think that's it's totally um, dependent on the situation, you know, and certainly we play an imperfect game. This is an imperfect game. Mistakes are going to be made, and I think it's a fine line be, be, between overcoaching and let, letting a guy grow through whatever the process is. Uh, all these guys pick it up at, at a different pace, and um, certainly you're always going to identify and correct mistakes, but... There's also a point where you overcoach at times, and can it can be debilitating for guys. So, um, the I would tell you this: the the thing that I would love to see from our team is, again, mistakes are going to happen, but can you just go 
as fast as you can, do whatever you think is right in the moment and do it 100 miles an hour. And then if you make a mistake, so what? We'll get it corrected. Um, now, the, the a caveat to that is you can't make repeatable mistakes. You've got to fix whatever it is and then move on. Mike, uh, in, in that I completely agree with, and we've seen them make repeated mistakes, but also you wonder how much is the mistake part of the mental aspect, the physical aspect, not being aggressive, playing a certain way, and those are some of the questions I think that uh, hopefully in the next 24 hours we might see answered. And it's a weird this week because it's a normal noon kickoff. We don't we haven't seen one of these in a while. No, and everybody loves noon kickoffs that's involved with game day, whether you're the host of a statewide post-game radio show. <laughs> right. I know, right? As opposed to, you know, going on the air at 11:30 at night uh, and taking calls or um, you know this summer during the shareholders meeting Mark Murphy said this from the podium to I don't know 8 9000 shareholders he said he says all right we we got a couple of noon games so we have got a lot of afternoon games a lot of primetime games which of course is you know great for the team but I know that all the staff here the stadium crew and even you fans would like to see more noon games and he said but to be quite honest if you got a lot of noon games that means you've got a blank team I'll say crappy he used a different word Right. Murphy said this in front of 8,000 people. And then, of course, he apologized. Oh, excuse my language. You know, like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. He's making a joke out of it. So I said to Aaron, I told Aaron Rodgers that story. But I said, as a player, as a player, what do you like the most about noon starts? Get in, get out, get home. Uh, we all love the noon games. Now, look, we, we grew up watching... You know, for for myself, I was at church during the, the you know on the West Coast, so I watched the afternoon games and then uh, Monday Night Football. There wasn't really Sunday Night Football back then, but you grew up dreaming about playing on Monday Night Football and then Sunday Night Football. But when you get in the league, you dream about playing at noon because <laughs> uh, the schedule is just a little bit better on the body, and then you get to get home and relax and watch the afternoon game, the second half, watch the night game if you want. Have a nice, you know, couple of glasses of scotch at the end of that. Uh, it's just a little bit better day. So there you go. He just likes to get home, take it easy, and hopefully it's out, obviously after a win. Mike, uh, on, on the uh, on the schedule when it first came out, we thought, okay, let's start going through the wins and losses. This one we all chalked up as a win. I don't – there's people picking this game as an upset, that the Jets could come in and get a win in this one, and their secondary is extremely good. Not only was Robert Sala a first-year head coach – I mean, his players were dropping like flies. And I remember the week during, they were when the Jets were here for joint practices, and Carl Lawson goes down with a torn Achilles out there on the Hinkle practice field here in Green Bay. I mean, it was devastating losses like that. So they end up, you know, they only got four wins last year. They're already at three and three and two. I mean, this is they haven't had a, a winning season week six you know, for for eons with the New York Jets. And I think they finally have a functional GM and a functional coaching staff. And by the way, you know, they actually have got a pretty good roster to go on. And Zach Wilson at quarterback is getting better every week. And then they get Brees Hall in there. Uh, And this kid has just taken off uh, as a running back talent. And you got Sauce Gardner, who appears to be the real deal in his rookie season out there at corner. 
and all of a sudden you got yourself a dangerous team, not an automatic W like it looked like when the schedule came out in the spring. So, you know, and I know that we did a lot of coverage about the changing of time and the schedules and all that for the Packers, and, and that's over with. Now they get back, they're home cooking, and they got a noon start, and that really is going to help them go against this AFC team. But, you know, I just was talking to one of the staffers here. Do you know how much the Packers now travel with their own, like, media equipment, Bill? You know, like those backdrops mm-hmm. for press yeah. conferences, the camera, right. the lighting, and all that. I was talking to one of the guys that is one of the directors for that stuff, and I said, hey, so how was, how was the trip for you guys to London? Because it's fine. He said, you know, the biggest thing is just getting through the airports. Well, you know this, too, when you take the show on yep. the road. But when you go international, he said you have to fill out a manifest for all of your equipment. I mean, you know, wow. ring light, you know, this computer, right. this camera, this this tripod, everything. And I said, oh, man. I said, that's got to be hassle. I said, yeah. Imagine what it was like for Red Batty, the equipment manager. Oh, my God. The guy, the, <laughs> the guy with the helmets and shoulder pads and jocks and socks and stuff, he had to, put, he had to fill out a sheet on every player's equipment to get through customs and, and into London. Oh, my God. What a nightmare. Mike, uh, good stuff, man. Thanks for bringing it to us. We'll talk to you again tomorrow, and then I'll see you up there on Sunday, okay? Thank you, Bill. All right, buddy. There you go. That's our buddy Mike Clemens joining us from Lambeau, giving us the lowdown. Stay tuned. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. start making some uh, NFL picks, give you the updates. That's coming up. This portion of the program brought to you by friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. I love my Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Love it. Love the door. Um, a neighbor came over yesterday. I was outside uh, getting ready to take off before I headed down to uh, the Mecca yesterday to the uh, to do the uh, uh, huddle and said, I heard about it. Let me see that door. And I moved it with one finger. So let me see that. Open the door. Said, wow. Okay. You're not You're not full of crap. I said, no, I love this thing. Love it. It was the first time they actually came into the great room area, too, and said, oh, my God, this is such a, a, a big room with huge windows. Doesn't it get cold? I said, no. These doors, windows, nope, it doesn't. It just really doesn't. I love them. And if you've you got a house that's drafty or you walk by your windows, you've got a room with a bunch of windows, and the room's always cold and you can't figure out why, it's because they're not really keeping the, the cold out and the heat in. It's probably vice versa. So get a hold of our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. They have got some terrific financing deals going on right now. Go to PellaWI.com. That's Pella, P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com. I love them. I swear by them. I have them in my home. I purchased them myself. That's how much I believe in them. Call them, 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. Ben Kenny, let's talk about against the spread, shall we? All right, Bill. As of now... We kind of had a battle yes. on our hands. We both went two and one last week. I am six, eight, and one. Hilariously average. You are a little more average than me. Seven and eight so far through five weeks. Okay. So I'm looking to climb above 500 this week. I'm just trying not to lose to you, but I'll let you lead it off. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, today, uh, I've got a couple. Uh, I have, boy, I tell you what, it is. Watching the Falcons play football is mind-numbing at times. Sitting at two and three, sometimes they eke one out. They play tough, and then they completely fade. Uh, I have a feeling, though, that the pass rush and the play of the 49ers is going to be too much for them. San Francisco given five on the road. 
I'm going to take the 49ers to be the road team to win by 10, which means they're going to double up what they're giving. I'm going to take the 49ers giving five over the Falcons to get the win in that one. So I'm a big fan of ugly football. I like watching Iowa fail to move forward. I like games sure. that end nine to six. People call me a, a, a Satanist or whatever the word is. You love road favorites. That's okay. I do. I'm taking the Eagles minus six at home against the Cowboys. They ran up the score on the Eagles at the end of last year to break some stupid records. Obviously didn't help them in the playoffs. They haven't gone to the NFC championship game now in 30 years. They're going into Philly. The city's going to be rocking. I'm going to be there. Eagles win by more than six. Uh, I'm going to believe it or not. I'm going with the home team. How about that? Huh? I'm going with the home team. The Rams are giving 10 which is a large number, but they're playing the Panthers. Panthers are awful. Uh, Panthers are 1-4 and four in the season, as we know. And the Rams are coming off of somewhat of a humiliating loss. So I'm going to take the Rams to beat the snot out of, beat the snot out of the Carolina Panthers after the Rams last week uh, looked rather inept against the Cowboys getting spanked 22-10. to 10, And Matthew Stafford under siege pretty much all day. I'm looking for them to bounce back in this one. And even though they're giving up 10, I got them covering... The 10 and more against the Carolina Panthers. Bill, I have to amend a pick I made last night on the basis of uh, the color of the jerseys, uh, namely the Cleveland Browns. Given the news this morning that I'm sure we'll get to, the fishermen in the walleye cheating scandal are being indicted and could face prison time. Inspired effort from the Browns this weekend. Two and a half point favorites at home against the Patriots. Patriots big win against the Lions, but Belichick always dominates Jared Goff. The Browns lose close against the Chargers last week. Kind of feels like an overcorrection. I feel like they blow the Patriots out at home. Browns minus two and a half. I'm going with another road game, and I'm going into your orange theme. Scary. Cincinnati's given one one and a half. I'm taking Cincinnati to just get the outright win by seven over the Saints. They uh, got the hell beat out of them last week. I can't imagine that this is going to be allowed to continue for very much longer. The passing game has to get going. I'm relying on Joe Burrow and my fantasy team this week. I'm taking Burrow and the Bengals on the road, uh, giving one and a half to the Saints. Cincinnati's got to get – this is it. This is it for Cincinnati. This, If they don't win this game, their season's done. They will be the history-following paperless champion – that doesn't have the credentials because they got to the Super Bowl and failed, and then after that they fade into anonymity. This is the game that if they lose this one and go to 2-4, and four, their season's done, and they will be another team to reach a Super Bowl and not to go back to the postseason again the next year. They have to have it. I'm going to take the Bengals on the road, given one and a half. All right. Someone's got to take an underdog, an underdog here. I'll be the guy. Chiefs plus two and a half. First time Mahomes has been a home dog. They host the Bills, probably the best team in football. I don't care. Chiefs plus two and a half. There you go. That's the uh, that's the, the picks against the spread. Some of just the ones that I'm feeling. So sitting at seven and eight, I'll take that. I'm not not that bad. It's like not like I've given a ton of money to Vegas at this point. So oh, it's not as bad as what we're doing in college, Bill. Right now, uh, Zach is one and nine in his last ten to fall down to my level. We're both hitting at like thirty five percent. It's awesome. Oh my god, that's uh, that's that's that that's atrocious. Hey, I always said I either want to be good enough for people to make money or bad enough right. for people to bet against me and make money. The over and under tonight is 38. Would you take the over? Oh. I think I would. Oh, I definitely would. 
Chargers, two terrible teams. Yeah. So Chargers talking about Carson Wentz, and the yeah. stats look good. He's pressured a lot, but as someone who spent too much time making excuses for Wentz, there's a reason he gets pressured so much. It's because he holds the ball for so right. long and then walks himself into sacks. So he'll definitely get down by a touchdown and throw it all over the place. I just, I don't know. I'm not sold on this whole narrative that he's actually good. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll go along with that. But I'm going to go with the over. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to take the over tonight, Bears and Commanders. And uh, what's going to be mentioned more, the actual play in the field for the Washington Commanders or Daniel Snyder's claims that he has dirt on the NFL owners and are on Roger Goodell. So... Uh, the story breaking early today, which we've discussed, but uh, I'm looking forward to the broadcast of that contest coming up tonight. So I'm going to take the over. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at New Mail Medical, treating guys with ED all over state of Wisconsin, well beyond the borders as well. And uh, if you got ED, you know it. They have a 98% success rate at treating guys with ED, a 98% success rate at treating guys with ED, all but guaranteeing that they can help you out. Think about that. Then there's the all-in-one weight loss plan, which it, all you got to do is call. It works. Okay, call them, say, I'm going to stick to it. That's the biggest thing is having the self-control to stick to it. But they give you some stuff to help you out with that as well. And then if you got low T, if you're moody, if you're tired, if you're just dragging ass all the time, you can't figure out why. One day you're great, the next day you suck. You have no idea why. If you're over the age of 30, stop in and get your numbers checked because they can help you out. That's the New Mail Medical Center, whether whether it's testosterone replacement or just vitamins and supplements for stuff that you know kind of brings you down. They can help you out. Call them anywhere, 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. That's the New Mail Medical Center. They really can give you a hand if you need it. And if you don't, they'll just say, hey, you're good to go. Just get a little more sleep, get a little more exercise, eat right, you're good to go. But uh, otherwise, anywhere, anywhere within the sound of my voice, call them and they'll get you hooked up with the right clinic, 414-455-4451. Up next... The scandal that has rocked the fishing world. It continues on. Now we've got criminal charges. Oh, serious, serious, serious. And I wonder if indeed they're arrested, if they show up wearing that fishing uniform, you know, the the Rapala, you know, shirt and the hooks in the hat and all that kind of stuff. I wonder if they show up to court like that and get through the metal detectors wearing fishermen fly hooks and stuff in their head. We'll see. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Green Bay Packers held practice indoors during heavy rainstorms, getting ready to host the New York Jets on Sunday. Jordan Love ran the offense. That's because Aaron Rodgers missed practice. After injuring his right thumb when he was sacked on that Hail Mary attempt Sunday against the Giants in London. Yeah, thumbs are right. Uh, it's nice to get a day off today, do a little rehab. Um, but, you know, I'll... Uh, Try and get back out there to practice tomorrow and see how it feels and be fine by Sunday, I'm sure. The Jets have improved to 3-2 and two after beating the Miami Dolphins thanks to rookie running back Brees Hall. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. Oh, that guy is, he's a monster. Uh, he can do it in the run game and in the pass game. You guys probably saw he had that 79-yarder. He's a great route runner. He's got great hands. I know just interviewing him at the Combine, he's an impressive guy. He definitely has a lot of confidence, and rightfully so. 
you know, he's just, he's a problem. Brees Hall had a combined 197 yards total offense in the Jets' 40-17 win over the Dolphins. That's a new franchise record for a rookie in a single game. It's been a long time since the Jets had a winning record heading into week six. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's been Salah's whole mission, just to change the culture around here. It would be cool to celebrate, but we need to make this normal, like winning games around here. We want to make that normal. We want to make that the standard, and um, we're definitely trending that way. You prefer making guys miss or running guys over? I prefer winning football games. That's the Jets rookie running back, Brees Hall. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Oh, I got to get on to this. Sit back, relax, sip yourself a little wine, if you will. Our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery, they don't care how you enjoy it and what you're listening to. Just enjoy it. That's ForgottenFireWinery.com. they got some uh, stuff coming up this weekend as well. More music, food, tastings. Go to ForgottenFireWinery.com. Head up to Pestigo. Tell them you heard it here. You get a, you get a bottle special up there. Otherwise, look for it in uh, your local grocery stores, liquor stores, wine stores, all good stuff from our friends at Forgotten Fire Wine. Uh, I want to talk both of them. But did you see what the Eagles' Jason Kelsey said, Ben? Yes, I did. Oh, he ripped the hell out of Cowboy fans. Darn right. <laughs> he Rightfully said the majority, so. the majority of their fan base is built on commercialism and all the pop culture stuff, Lakers, Yankee type of fandom. That, I think, is the complete opposite of what Philadelphia fans are and what that fan base stands for. In other words, you're a bunch of bandwagon, corporate, yuppie fan, fan jumpers over there if you're a Cowboys fan as opposed to real hardcore, blue-collar, Philadelphia fighting spirit, Rocky running up the stairs fan base for the Eagles. F you there over there, Cowboys fans. Oh, yeah, those are fighting words, man. Fans are going to be all kinds of riled up come Sunday. Nah, keep Rocky out of this. We, we don't need to bring him into this whole discussion. Well, every He's time right. Talk Philadelphia, you Listen, know, talk half of Cowboys fans are Cowboys fans because their dad liked them in the 90s when they were good. And they just got on the bandwagon. And guess what? They've been horrible since. And then people yeah. are stuck with it. There you go. I like that. I like it. Well, Andy, you have Jason Peters trying to throw shots. Current Cowboys guard. I think he's 50. Uh, all-time great eagle. All-time great <laughs> tackle. I love him to death, but... I, he's got to shut up about the fan yeah. thing because now he's yeah. coming into Philly as a cowboy. And like the one way you can get on the bad side of that fan base is go to another team and then talk trash about said fan base. And he's about doing fans. it. Yeah. 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 Boy, it's going to be a, going to be a raucous night when the, uh, the Cowboys go there this weekend. I'm looking forward to that. As am I looking forward to that. Awesome stuff. Uh, let's do this. Uh, I, we're at the top of the hour. I want to leave enough time for this because um, the the fishing scandal has now taken uh, yet another turn, a deeper turn, if you will. And uh, the the guys accused of cheating, it's it's now gone to a whole other level. It's now gone mainstream in coverage from everything from ESPN to Yahoo. So we're going to talk about fishing scandals and stuffing your gills and stuffing your fish and whatever it is you're going to do. <laughs> and it's all based by the mistake on a lake that is Cleveland. That is Cleveland. Okay. Stay tuned. 
fighting words in Philadelphia. I like that. Jason Kelsey saying, Cowboys fans, you're, you're corporate yuppie. You follow the star from afar. We are blue collar right here. It'd be sandwiched in between New York and the craptastic D.C. Stop. Yeah, we're real. I like it. Those are fighting words. Got another hour yet to go. Stay tuned. Hell yeah. More coming up after this. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.